you can stay or you can go. Go to John chapter 6, verse 66. You can stay or you can go. As you're going to John chapter 6, verse 66, I want you to understand, my wife and I started this church in our house, and it's the biggest it's ever been. I want you to stay, not go. Come on, stay up there, please. Thank you. My wife and I started this church in our house, and it's a lot bigger now than it was when we started so I want you to understand something. Everybody look up at me. From a visitor to my elders, I ain't scared of any of you. I was here before you came. I'll be here after you go. But I would much rather you stay. I am a missionary from Fort Wayne, Indiana. You don't see me like that because I speak your language. I get down with Chicago native. I know where the cool delis are at. I've been here for a while. I understand. But I wasn't born here. I come through the way of New Orleans down south. So when y'all see me preach with some fire-ya-ya, some cayenne pepper on it, I'm not trying to be somebody else. I'm being who I am. Got called into ministry at 18, started Bible college at 19. Worked in New Orleans till I was 27, uh, 26 years old. I've been living for Jesus ever since I've been 18. And then after 27, came up to Chicago, married my wife at 28. Y'all tracking with me here? Now I'm 41 years old. So listen to me. I'm a missionary to the urban areas. And I wanted to call a multicultural church from day one. Asian, Latino, African-American, Anglo, from all the different European, African nations. I, I've always had that in my heart. So that's why I'm here. And when we started the Bible study in my house, it might have looked like a normal Bible study. But put the vision back up for me, please. I'll, I'll take it from here. I got it. Listen to me. But that Bible study was different because moment one, I had this in my heart. That we were going to love God as he commanded with all your heart, soul, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And we were going to connect, mentor, send. There has never been a day that y'all have come to this church where this has not been on the board. Can I hear an amen? It has been on the board for every single one of you. And if you don't like it, somebody else will come and take your spot. Are you listening? Now look at the pink bow tie if you ever think I don't love you and it's not a special day. I told you it's my Super Bowl. Just remember, I love you, but i got to be honest with you. You can stay or you can go. Because I ain't got time to play in this storefront church with these chairs. I only got so many left over. You, you have to be real if you want to be here. I am not like these pastors you see around town. I am not seeker sensitive to you. I will be in your business. I will make you feel awkward. Our disciples will get up in your business. If you don't want that, go to navel kissing, belly kissing Bill Hybels with Willow Creek in 20,000 where he was kissing on women while he was building that church. Are you listening to me? Go get on that bus to First Hammond Baptist when the pastor was sleeping with the teenager in the office. Or go to one of my other half-backslidden friends around this city that think now because they got the cool lights and the cool music, they're going to be hipster pastors with their jeans so tight they've lost their cojones. Y'all ain't got one of them up here. Are you listening? I'm not trying to make it about me, but I got a word from the Lord. And this is supposed to produce 100,000 disciples here in the city with 50 churches and 500 around the world. I will meet you on that battlefield. That's where I will meet you. I am not here to have you come to my conferences. I preach just as good as all of them, and you know that. 
By God's grace, it's a gift I didn't do anything to earn or deserve. But I want you to listen to me. You come here for free to hear this gospel. You get discipled for free here. We will never charge you to come back through those same doors. I don't care if I have the greatest number one artist in the city performing. You will come through those doors for free every single time. Or you pimp slap me in the face and say, what happened to you, pastor? Amen. Y'all don't let this place become some carnival. Don't let this place become a den of thieves, as the Bible said, as Jesus took over the temple and whipped them out. So y'all think I'm crazy. Look at Jesus whipping in the temple. Come on, somebody say, you can stay or you can go. Amen. Make sure you look at your neighbor. Look him in the eye and say, you can stay or you can go. I'm not here to be angry with you. I'm not here to disrespect you. I really am not. I'm not here to manipulate you. I'm not here to make you feel sorry for me. I don't want any of it. It was Pastor Appreciation Month in October. We have uh, over 50 elders and deacons and 201s, another 39. We have almost just 100 elders and deacons and, 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 and 201ers. And y'all blow up my Facebook. I know that you love me. But you don't stay just because you love me. Don't stay just because you love me. Don't stay just because I'm cool to you. We hang out. We Don't stay for that. Don't stay because we're a cool church that does all these community things. Don't you dare stay for that because you're going to get on our nerves. We're going to love you, but you're going to get on our nerves because we're expecting you to be a disciple. You know why? You know why we shut down the children's ministry? We had one of the best ones in those two storefronts right back there. Uh, you, you would be surprised at why we shut down. It had nothing to do with the workers complaining. It had to do with me not seeing parents disciple their kids. And y'all don't even have as many as I do. I got six ages. What? Let me get them all my ages right now. My, my oldest one's about ready to turn 10. So nine, eight, six, four. Hold on, don't know what to tell me. Beth, uh, Bethany is nine, Hannah's eight, Lucas is six, Zoe is four, Joy is two, Titus is three months old. Listen, you know why we said, man, you can use the nursery, you can do whatever you gotta do. But I wanna see, I wanna see y'all taking care of your kids. Because I wasn't seeing enough fathers dedicating to go back in the children's ministry. Y'all fathers wanted to drop off your kids like it's somebody else's problem. You've already done that all week long, and I know you provide, you, you bring home the bacon. But I want to see fathers holding kids. I want to see fathers in church teaching their children. You say, Pastor, I thought today's supposed to be a fun day. It is. Because i got to get some stuff off my chest. You can stay or you can go. Look at the passage. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Was that they, they turned back and no longer followed Stalin? They, they turned back and no longer followed Hitler? Racist people? Uh, you know, they turned back because this person was racist. They were justice warriors. No, no. They turned their backs on Jesus. So get this real straight right now. Everybody look up at me, please. Get this real straight right now. Turn your back on me if you want, but you're going to face Jesus on Judgment Day. 
I am not saying I am the only pastor in this city. I'm not saying we're the only church. I would never say that. God has this church all across the city. But I want to be very honest with you. I have an assignment that I must do in this city. And if you call this your church, you need to either get with it or turn your back and go somewhere else. You will not hurt our feelings. Go and put that picture of me on the truck, please. Because listen to me, you won't hurt my feelings. Because I'm going to be right here the next day anyway. Because if y'all don't want to do this, this is Pulaski and Madison. This is your pastor. The one that's getting a doctorate, who's wrote 20 books, who's smarter than most pastors you meet on an average Sunday. My professors from Trinity evangelical cemetery, I mean seminary, wrote on one of my pages and said, this is what he said. He said, you are the most soul-winning pastor I have ever met. He's a professor at the seminary here. Nothing about me is good as God, but listen to him. I'm bragging on God right now. You turn your back on me, I don't care because I'm going right, right back out here. This was a man on heroin right here, on drugs. Go hit the next one, please. You know why I was in that neighborhood? Is because TJ, that's his neighborhood. And TJ's in our second service getting ordained to be a deacon now because he's been serving Jesus. Come on, TJ, for the last few years. And so it's real, it's real simple. If y'all don't want to stand here and then get in that baptism tank with me here, then turn your back on us now and let us see you walk away. Because this, this is it. This is all we're about right here in a nutshell. That's it. Do you know that when people see this truck and they see our shirts, they actually stop, turn around, and take selfies in front of it because they haven't even seen a church do this. It's a spectacle. I had a guy have his own business pull over last Monday, had to stop and talk to us for a minute because it just blows their mind. Thing cost us about $13,000, $14,000 because y'all gave to it. We gave to him. And so it's real simple. You go to the passage. The passage teaches us the principle that we need to live by. We either put God first and we do it his way or we turn our back on him. Now let me say this so you don't just think it's about you. I could turn my back on him too. And I'll get more out of it than you. <laughs> so y'all don't know that, do you? <laughs> See, I turn my back on Jesus I'm making a lot more money than I'm making right now. See, because all I have to do is just pretend I'm still doing what he called me to do. Oh, hello. Yeah, I'll come preach your conference. $5,000 seems good. Okay, I'll fly out and be there. Oh, yeah, I'll sign that book deal with you. What, $25,000 up front? Okay, no problem. I'll be your professor. What, $100K a year? I'll stop in on that one too. My wife and I figured it out, and there's some people here that can confirm this. My wife and I sat down how much we can make right now just doing what some of my friends do. Quarter million dollars right now. Right now. See, my administrator saying amen. Say it louder so they can hear you, please. Quarter million dollars right now. Now, I'm not saying money is bad or prosperity is bad, but for me, that would be turning my back on the call. That would be preaching in churches for the sake of preaching in churches. That would be writing books for the sake of making the sales. That would be for teaching, not just because I want to raise people up, but because I want to get that check of that university that wants me to be a professor. 
I was getting paid almost $50,000 from SUM Bible College to go around and recruit churches to do what we do here because they were so shocked that our Bible College, which is an extension site of their main campus, always has between 10 to 15 students, and that's about 10% of our church. And there's churches with two, 3,000 members that can't even get 10. One just closed down the other week, called me up, and Pastor Jared and I got to pick up their four. Their church is 500. They only had four, and they all end up dropping out. But I turned that down. You know why? Because I said, man, I'm not around the city like I used to be. They're flying me out to Silicon Valley, uh, uh, you know, Oakland area, San Francisco. I took them flights a few times by myself, slept in that hotel, slept in those dorms, you know, when they put me up in the dorms. This brother knows he used to be there. And I said, man, this ain't for me. I'm going to be home with my kids. I want to hang with Juan. I want to go out to dinner with Ricky. Yeah, y'all pay me 50000 but it ain't worth the sacrifice of what I'm supposed to do. You see, you're supposed to turn, listen to me, you're supposed to turn your back on anything that's not God for you. You're supposed to turn your back on anything that's not God for you. And you're supposed to run towards what is God for you. And so, yeah, there's somebody else doing my job, and I hope that's what God's calling on their life. I hope they're doing it not for the money, but they're doing it for what it's supposed to be done for. But I had to turn my back on it. People were calling me up saying, come over here. People find my book online. Come over here. And I tell them, man, I'll do a face-to-face with you. I'll do a, you know, FaceTime, but I'm not going to miss my church. Right here is where I belong. I don't care if you got a bigger stage. I don't care if you want to introduce me to so-and-so. I resigned my church when I was about ready to meet Jim Simbala. I was on a trip in New York City there to preach the gospel and to meet one of the biggest pastors in New York City. But the church I was working with didn't want to do what we were doing in the youth group. So I resigned when Sunday morning before I was supposed to meet the big wig. So if I left that... To start this in my house? Help me, Jesus. And I had to wait over 10 years to get a truck like that by a faithful group of people that believe in this church? You think I'm going to stop now? I'm not turning my back on this. And so I want to make it real plain to you. Do you want to leave as well? Because that's what Jesus said. Y'all don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. See, all these other disciples left. And then Jesus, he wasn't afraid to look at his other 12. The main ones, he looked right at them and said, y'all want to go too? Y'all don't want to leave. Let me know. And look at what Peter says. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? If you can find a church better than Metro Praise International, go to it right now. Just go. Just go to it. Because you ain't supposed to be here. For those of you who are here, this is supposed to be the best thing for you. We may not be the church for everyone. I get it. Some people may have different tastes. I get it. But this is the best church for everyone that's called here. Because we know what God called us to do from our children's work to having almost 200 people out in that back parking lot on the same day when a 21-year-old gets shot twice in her head, eight blocks down. We out here reaching the families, waving down cars, might have even tried to wave her down because she was carjacked just a few blocks down the road that same night. We do that for Jesus. 
You can go back and look at my selfie video. I make, I'm standing directly on long, putting a video up saying, everybody come. And she went about her way, did her own thing, got shot twice in the head, right there next to Prosser at 9.30, Wednesday night, children in the car. See, we stand here in this church between the living and the dead. Our gospel is not a gospel about you. It affects you, it impacts you, it will change you. But the gospel we preach is a gospel about Jesus Christ. That's why Peter said, where else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know you are the Holy One of God. So y'all got to say that about Jesus, and then you got to pick a church and say, this is where Jesus, this is where his words are preached. This is where Jesus' words are preached. Not the only ones. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you called here, you know these are the words you're supposed to hear. People's lives depend on it. One Easter service, the Lord spoke to me and said, tell the people we're going to have the greatest Easter service of their life. And I said, what are we going to do, Lord? And the Lord said, you're just going to preach about me. So I thought that sounded silly. You know, I thought I was going to be like the greatest showman on earth. You know, I thought I was going to do an Easter production where we bring in a donkey, where we bring in all these wild animals. and Everybody talks about how this church did X, Y, and Z. No, God just told me, you tell them it's going to be the greatest Easter service of their life. And then you just get up there and preach about me. You know what happened? Cynthia Rodon's mom got saved. She was in what, her 60s or 50s? 60s, been a Catholic her whole life. And a few months later passed. I did her funeral. It was the greatest Easter service of her life. <laughs> See, when somebody gets saved, do you all get it? When somebody gets saved, it's the greatest day. It's the greatest service. Jesus said, I'll leave the 99 to go get the one. And so what we have to do is go back over these scriptures, the scriptures that Jesus has taught us, and to see are we willing to do it? Because when we're graduating today, Vinny and Desiree, as well as Calvin, we're not saying that they're better than anybody, but what we're saying is that they've done better because God has made them to do better. And if you're here today and you haven't made that decision to start our discipleship program, i got to ask you seriously, what are you waiting for? Because this is what Jesus told us to do. This is what he told us to do. If you notice, the word was disciples. Many had left, but he still looked at his, and those boys stayed. He said at the end of his life, Matthew 28, 19, he said, therefore, go and make disciples of how many nations? All nations. That's why you look around. Look at all the multicultures in here, African-American, Latino, Anglo, European. Come on, we are all here together because it's not just about my style. Most of you didn't even go to a church like this before. Many of you came here and said, man, I went to an all-Spanish church. I went to an all-black church. I went to an all-white church. What, what happened different here? Is somebody like me, a white person, first of all, apologized to everybody and said, it's my fault. We wrong. Forgive us. And then I said, listen, it ain't going to be. It's white, and that's right. I said, I'll die to my culture. I won't even talk about Fort Wayne. So what did I talk about? Ibaritos. What did I talk about? Lechon. What did I talk about? Ponset, my brother from the Filipinos. Come on, the Philippines. You see, I stopped talking about my stuff, and I started talking about your stuff because I cared more about you being saved than you liking what, what I like. I don't care if you like wakeboarding. That's what crazy white people do. They go wakeboarding, snowboarding. That's what we do. I'm serious. I don't care if you ever go wakeboarding with me, snowboarding with me. 
I don't care if you put on tights and ride your bike with me because I ride speed bike. You know, I speed bike and ride really fast on my bike. I don't care. Rock climb. That's another thing white people like to do. We rock climb. Teaching my kids how to do it now. Yeah. I don't care if you do any of it. I don't care if I never see you on a wakeboard, on a snowboard. I don't care. It don't mean anything to me. This is what means something to me. That all nations are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded, believing that he's with us always until the very end of the age. No matter who's president, no matter what the politics are like, Jesus is with us. He's with his disciples. So you want to find where I'm at. You want to know where Joe's at. You want to know where this pastor's at. Yeah, we all got to put in work. I write books. You go to the job and do your job. But if you want to know when it's time to clock in for church, when it's time to do the work of the Lord, you can find me standing out on the corner of Long and Diversity with flyers and some Bibles in my hand talking to people. You can find me on the corner of Pulaski and Addison, uh, Pulaski and Madison, talking to heroin addicts, or on Belmont and Clark with the LGBTQ community, teaching there's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. You can find me at Wright College, talking to college students who think they know it all, and then you'll see me in baptism tanks. Over 80% of our church is like TJ, Shamal, and the others that are here. Y'all were one to the Lord here. Thank God for the 20% that came from other churches. We love you too. You are welcome here. But listen, you weren't our first priority. Our first priority was to get those who'd never even been to church, who never even heard about the name of Jesus, or had never been taught the things of God. That was our priority. And that's why the most who leave are always those folks who are just church hopping. They're consumers. Their names are Jimmy, and they'll take all you can give me. Well, what's your children's ministry like? Well, what's this like? And what time do y'all get out? And then what do you do for me? Marriage class. Man, y'all make it about you. The church is about Jesus. And the church is about loving others as Jesus has loved us. Now, are there beautiful things that happen? Yes, I I will give any any production-level church a run for their money in this city with all that we do. Yes, we have all of those things, but but that is not our foundation. Our foundation is built upon the simple message of Jesus Christ and his gospel and making disciples. Can I hear an amen? Turn with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 14, verse 25, before we do some ordaining. You all ready? Amen. You know I love you, right? Amen. Even if you, even if you leave, what am I going to say? Don't let the, let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. Amen. Even if you leave and I don't see you again, just know I still love you. And when you come back, be prepared to wait in line for that same seat you're leaving right now. Amen. Because we're going to be at work. Because people here came to work for Jesus. 
Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, brother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow after me cannot be my disciple. Why did Jesus tell us to do that? Was it because he really didn't love us or he didn't care for us? No, it's just the opposite. Am I telling y'all to roll out if you don't want to do this because I don't love you? No, it's just the opposite. I would rather the last thing I tell you be the most confrontational, bold thing you've ever heard. And you leave knowing it in your mind than for me to play games with you in your walk with God. You are a spiritual being. You are living in a temporal body. When your brain and your body dies, your soul, your mind, your heart will live on. Don't you think I should tell you what sins are? Don't you think I should tell you what the devil is and what he's doing? Don't you think I should warn you? Your eternal soul is at stake. Whew! That puts the fear of God in me. That's why when some people talk, talk to me back in the day, one of my uh, uh, people I looked up to, one of the pastors in my life I looked up to, he said to me, Pastor, you know, your church could be a lot bigger if you do this and do this. And, you, and, you know, I let him get away with it. And I just said, yeah, you're right. I probably could do this, this, and the church would get bigger. But then I went back to the Lord, and the Lord said, no, you couldn't do that. And I said, why, God? He said, it would cost you your soul. And he reminded me of a pastor who did drug over, died of drug overdose in a hotel. He said, that's what you would be like running after this. And then he reminded me of a pastor that was having sex with men and prostitutes, men doing crystal meth. And he said, that's how you would fall. He said, you think you're going to pull this? Is what God, God speaks to me real, people. God spoke to me. He said, you think, you think this is your choice? You think you're doing this? You come out of this? The devil's waiting for you. Because just money? And a couple thousand on Sunday, that's not going to be enough for your flesh. Your flesh is going to want illicit sex. It's going to want to be wild. This is the cross you, you carry. I'm not saying God wants us all to start off like this. My children may have twice of what I have by the time they get my age. I understand that not all people got to go through what I've been through. But I'm telling you, you better carry your cross. You better carry your cross. You better know what the death of your flesh looks like. Because if you don't know that enemy staring back at you in the mirror of your flesh, the devil is going to make you think it's God talking because it sounds like a good idea. It sounds like something that's going to get you quicker to the goal. More money, more popularity, more uh, you know opportunities. But God says, no, 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 this is the cross. This is the cross you carry. And so in closing today, can we go to 1 Timothy chapter 3? Can we get the ordination papers up here and everything? These are people who decided to carry their cross. Thank you very much. The Bible says in the same way, somebody say in the same way. They had just talked about elders. And now it says in the same way, deacons, the servants, are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. So you got to have 
servants. If you just want to help in the church, this is how you got to come. You can start off a whole lot less than this, but if you want to be recognized and have a position over greeting, even just greeting or clean up, you want to be over clean up or maintenance, our maintenance man, Nahum, is a deacon. These types of things. Our, 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 our greeters are deacons. Are you listening to me? The people holding your children, overseeing that, deacons. Working in the sound booth, making the videos, deacons. You can help. You can learn from them. We know you don't jump from A to Z all at once. But the point is you want to be over it. You want to be put in charge of that servitude to the Lord. You want to be a deacon. That should be a great desire for all of us. You are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine. When they don't do this, we sit them right back down, and it happens quite often. And then they got to get trained and raised back up again, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep. Hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. Somebody say the deep truths. Amen. You got to know the deep truths. That's why we teach them here. I can't tell you the same Sunday schools over uh, Sunday school stories. I love them, but I can't tell them to you over and over and over again and expect you to learn deep truths. How many more deep truths can I give you about Noah's Ark or you know Jonah and the whale? Don't do that, amen? And then you don't get in those problems. But I got to teach you about the Trinity. I got to teach you about salvation by faith, by, by grace through faith alone. I've got to teach you about the attacks of the enemy against your flesh, renewing your mind. They must first be tested. See, I have people come here all the time and say, man, at my other church, they put me in charge of the band. I used to play guitar. I'm just as good as Adam. Hey, you tested? You, you shown us yet? No, no, I just came here last week. Well, then show us who you are. I don't care if you could play the guitar up here like Bon Jovi. We don't need another Bon Jovi. What we need is a David full of the Holy Spirit and power who can be a warrior in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Oh, man, I've had people here. They, I've had people come to this church. They make music videos for the rappers here, like Chance the Rapper. Oh, man, I'll help with your video ministry. I'll help do this. Have you been tested yet? Oh, I went to college for this. I, I learned. I don't care if you know how to hold up a camera, Jack. I can set it up on a stand myself. I want to know how you're living. What is your life like? Come on, somebody. You must first be tested. Aren't we tired of hypocrites? Don't you want to come to my house and see the same thing here that you see on the pulpit? Whether I'm eating and drinking and enjoying life, whether I'm hanging out with friends, whether I, you know, I'm out with my kids. Many of you have been to those places with me. I mean, don't you want to see the same pastor? You don't want to see a drunkard? You don't want to see a man that doesn't have a good wife or children, you know, a healthy home? It says they must first be tested. Those who are about ready to ordain, they've been tested. And then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. And that's why it's a Super Bowl for us. Because for me, I know they're going hard for Jesus. And so if they found out that I was on Belmont and Clark picking up prosti male prostitutes, smoking crystal meth, they would keep loving Jesus. Because they're not here for this pastor in a bow tie. They're here for the call of God. Amen. They weren't just clogs in a wheel. They weren't just here to be fans of a superstar. They were here to put in work for Jesus. 
In the same way, come on, somebody say in the same way. The women are to be worthy of respect. That's why we ordain women as well. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect. Not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. How many have been around churches with gossip or church people who gossip? See, here's the good thing about us. We'll tell it to your face. We ain't going to tell it about you on Facebook. We'll tell it right to your face. What do you want to know? Go ahead and ask a leader in this church, what do you think about me? We'll tell you. We'll tell you exactly what we think about you. I think you're weird sometimes. I think you're too religious other times. I think sometimes you're fake. I think you try to make me look like you and your wife got it together, but I see her face when she's sitting next to you. Her face tells a different story than what you tell me, sir. See, we'll talk to you like that. Why? Because I am my brother's keeper. I am my brother's keeper. I would rather you get offended at me and go to hell and nobody know somebody cared about you than me just tap dance up here for you and your money. I ain't your tap dancing preacher. your tap dancing preacher I'm a man of God I've already been through the first couple I ever married got a divorce I've been through divorces with my church buried people been through it all man this ain't the first rodeo your problems aren't so big that our God isn't greater and bigger you're not going to discourage us we're not here talking about your business to make you feel bad because after I tell you about yours I'll tell you about mine all the times I've sinned and messed up. All the times I've been broken and messed up in my, my life and how God had to change me, rearrange me, hook me up. But you got to make that choice that we're not going to be that kind of church that gossips and talks here. So the women, not just putting it on women, but the Bible says it, not going to be malicious talkers. They're going to be temperate, trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife. And must manage his children well and his household well. Now look at the promise we get here. Those who serve God is this. And I did this as well. Now I'm an elder and the same things apply to me. But watch this. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. You talk to every single deacon here. They will tell you they are growing in their faith as they are serving their marriage is getting stronger while they're serving when people come tell me pastor i gotta stop serving because you know it's getting really hard around my house i'm not making enough money or we're starting to have trouble with our time and our relationships i'm like man that is the stupidest thing you can do because serving i'm not saying you have to do everything but i'm saying serving in church being faithful to your call is one of the greatest ways to get more faith and blessing in your life because the bible says it's better to give than it is to receive so when you tell me you cutting off serving it's basically like you're saying you cutting off god's blessings all my friends that have sabbaticals they got to take sabbaticals because i could take them too y'all you want me to take 30 days off paid See, it gets quiet when I preach like this. Y'all want to take off vacation from the kids' ministry, some of you, from the youth ministry. How about I take mine? I'll do it just like all the other pastors do. 30 days sabbatical so I can work on my studies and talk to Jesus. My friends do that. You know the ones who do that, though? They're all depressed. They come back from their sabbaticals just as depressed as they left. There's no greater place for me to be in this ministry. 
Somebody said to me, man, you had your baby on a Saturday and you were here on a Sunday. Man, that was a great sacrifice. I said, what are you talking about? I did not even know what he meant by a great sacrifice. This was Titus. He was talking to me. He was right out there in front. He said, man, that was so impressive when I saw that you had your baby on Saturday and then you came to church on Sunday. Man, that was such a great sacrifice. I go, man, what, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, that you would come to church like that. I go, brother, if I'm not sick or dead, I'm coming to the church. What, why would I not come to church? What am I going to do now Sunday morning? Just hold my baby and be like, wow, I have a new baby. The baby's going to be there in two hours. After I get done with church, the baby's going to be there. Are you all listening? What, I got I to hold it now for the next four hours and miss church? Man, this is an honor for me. And you say, oh, it's easy now for you because you hold the mic. You don't know me and you're a liar. Stop judging me. Because <laughs> when I was in Bible college and I never held this mic, I ain't never missed a Sunday. I haven't missed a Sunday since I got saved. Haven't missed a Sunday. 23 years times 52 weeks. Let's see how many Sundays I've been to. Not looking for a hand clap. Let's just be honest because this, this right here and tomorrow makes 23 years times 52 weeks in a year. I haven't missed a Sunday in 1,196 weeks. That's why I'm going to heaven. Amen. And I don't care if there, I listen, I don't even care if there's, going to, if there's not going to be an award up there for that. God may say, man, look, you could have took some days off. I'm going to be like Jesus, but I didn't want to. You were worth it, my Lord. Every time I came into your gates, I came with thanksgiving in my heart. I knew there were two or three gathered together, and you were there as well, Jesus. You were worth every single Sunday. 1,196, Jesus. And if I could give 1,000 more, 10,000 more, I would do it again. It's no joke to me. I'm just happy to get into those gates. Are you listening? And so those who serve here, they're getting a reward. We give them little gift cards for the disciples who make disciples. We have a way that we bless them and these different things they do as they're with us. We have little parties for them, you know. We tell them how grateful we are, you know, kind of like office parties. But every one of you who are serving right now, you will never get the thanks you deserve on that level until you get to heaven. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Because I've been in 23 years of ministry. No matter how many times you say thank you, it still can't make my cross easier to bear on those hard days. I know it doesn't sound good. I know you're supposed to make me feel better, but my cross is between me and Jesus. You would be surprised how quick a pastor can forget about everybody here right now and just go on about their way. So it's not you. My audience is of one. And I'm thankful it impacts you. I am thankful for the journey we share together. Many of you have shared tears with me. You've gone through troubles in my life, and I thank you for it. But I just want you to know I do it between me and this guy right here. I do it for my Savior, and that's what they're doing it for. They want to have great assurance in their faith. In Joe Y. Rostick as their pastor? No. In, in Metro Praise International Church? No. Great assurance in their faith. In who? Christ Jesus. Give it up for Jesus today. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. That wasn't so bad. Come on. Now let's honor these men and women of God. Calvin L. Robinson, Jr.
Desiree and Vicente Merced. Come on, somebody. What these three have done is amazing. They're each going to have a moment to tell you their story and their testimony. But before they do, we want to honor those who discipled them. In our church, you first get discipled one-on-one -on -one by a leader before you go into our leadership class. So these are the people who took time with them. No money involved. This would be like a trainer, a life coach. But they did it out of their own time and effort and resources to love on them. So let's give, up, give it up for Adam Nieves for discipling Vicente Merced. Amen. Give it up for Adam one more time. Thank you, my brother. Starbucks on us. Good, sir. You may be seated. Let's give it up for Lauren Sienski, discipling Desiree. Oh, amen. Amen. Give it up for her again. Here you go, here you go. Don't forget your gift card. And then the one who's been taking pictures, a newer deacon himself, Juan Riasco for Calvin. Man, come on. I want you to stay up here. Stay next to each other, please. We're going to now start having them share, but I just wanted you to share because, brother, your story is amazing, how you came to faith, then how not too shortly after you became a leader, you found Calvin, God brought him into your life. Would you share just about that, please? Absolutely. I was working my job. I work at a cafe, and uh, this man came in one random day, and he was like, bro, you are one happy dude. And I looked at him. I said, I'm happy because God gave me a second chance in this life. Do you know God, sir? And he said, Kind of, not really. And I said, do you want to meet God right now? And hallelujah, this brother said yes. He accepted Jesus at my cafe. Got saved less than a year later, graduating as a deacon in the name of Jesus. It was because the joy God had in my life, the joy God had put in my heart that affected this man forever, for eternity. So don't let nobody steal your joy. Don't let nobody say you're too happy. You're, you have too much peace. That's what God gives us. And it affected him for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, bro. Amen. Hey, man, I'm just going to have Calvin now share. Tell us a little bit about what God did in your life, man. You're good. Um, before uh, before I, I came to church, before even I found about uh, Juan's restaurant, you know, I was really lost. I was in a, a, a real bad, depressive, dark place in my life. And uh, I didn't know where to go. You know, I, I, I constantly called out to God. And constantly asked him just to save me, bring me to a church, you know. And uh, he finally answered my prayers, you know. And I just, I just thank the Lord every day for introducing me to Juan, 
having me walk into that restaurant because if I if I didn't walk into that restaurant, I I didn't know where where I would be right now, you know. And like before before following Christ, I was um I was in a real bad place. Like I said, I was down and depressive. I had no friends. I didn't trust anybody. And like it got to a point of where I I almost couldn't trust my family, and uh, glory be to God, you know, He pulled me out of that depressive state. He pulled me out of my my addiction. I was addicted to pornography for I don't know how many years of my life, you know, and and all those last year before I got saved, before I dedicated my life to Christ, I would always say, you know, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna stop, but my flesh I couldn't stop, you know. You can't stop any addiction without the Lord. It's impossible. It's impossible, and I see I stand up here today, you know, just just to thank all of you guys, just to thank all the leaders in the church. I want to thank Juan most importantly, you know, for just sticking with me through the, the, the tough times when when I was sick, when I was in a hospital, when I was in and out the hospital, he would come visit me, you know. Before, like I I've never had anybody outside of my family come visit me in a hospital, and that just showed me that he really cares about me, he really loves me, you know. I have my dad here my and my cousin. You know, I haven't always had the best relationship with my family or my, my father, but, you know, God works for the best, and, you know, he, he works wonders, you know. Just call upon his name. He said you shall be saved. All right. We're going to hear from Vinny and Des now. Which one of you guys want to go first? known for a couple of weeks now, that, uh, or maybe longer, that I would be graduating this day, and I haven't been emotional until worship started. It's, it's my reaction's kind of, um, for the most part, been like, man, I'm graduating, you know, and then we started worship, and especially when we got to the um, part where we're singing, Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, that God's never going to let us down. I can't go through uh, everything that this past five years have, all the things that have happened. <laughs> but God never let me down. I started 201, I was uh, 19 years old and single. Now I'm 24 and married. That's how beautiful children. I'm in Bible college. I have a great business that lives in a house right next to my pastor. <laughs> uh, the Lord has brought me from glory to glory to glory, and, and it hasn't always been, uh, you know, rainbows and everything. There's been times where it was hard, uh, but he's always been faithful to me, and he's just never let me down. Calvin here has gone through 201 in, in six months. I believe it's six months, right? Uh, and I've been here for five years. And we're sharing the same moment right now. The same moment here. And it's amazing. And it's amazing. And even though it's been five years for me, it is worth it. This ordination moment for me is better than my high school graduation. 
I would just like to read a verse, and then I will give it to my wife. Thank you guys for going through this with me. Okay, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Amen. Amen. Wow. <clears throat> Sorry. When I first came to this church, I did not feel good enough. I did not feel worthy. Not good enough to be a mother to Kayla. I couldn't love her right because I didn't know what love was. I didn't feel worthy as a child to have my father around because he left. So I just felt like, okay, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy. My mom at the time didn't know how to love me right because, you know, she didn't receive it from her parents. I just felt like I wasn't good enough. So many tears, so many tears. At single mom's life group, so many times I just let it all out. And Lauren and Tina, they were just there, Bertha, like all my day ones. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, man, like my husband said, five years we've been in 201. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was worth it. And if, if I had to do it again, I'd do it again. It was worth it. And I, I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously now where I'm at, like today I was getting ready and I'm like putting on my makeup, graduating. And then I just feel like, snap, like I'm graduating. I'm good enough. I'm good. <laughs> like I did it. <laughs> like this is a big deal. <laughs> this is a big deal for me, you know. It's like I did it. <laughs> I'm a deacon. Good enough to be a deacon. <laughs> If I could jump like that emoji and like freeze in the air, I swear I would. <laughs> but um, man, God has done amazing things in my life, like put amazing people in my life. And, you know, I sh there's no other place I would rather be than here, than here with all of yous. And, and Pastor, I just wanted to tell you, man, like straight up, thank you. Thank you for picking up the cross. Thank you for bearing the cross. Thank you for all you do for all of us. Thank you for being real, for staying true, for never giving up, you know? Thank you. And it is because of all you people here today that we get to stand here. You know, all your hard work, Lauren. I know, I know I was hard to deal with. <laughs> but you stuck through with me. I love all you guys and yay, I made it! <laughs> Come on. Let's all stand up and give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise for these wonderful graduates. Amen. We're going to pray for them and dismiss in just a moment, so please don't leave. This is going to be a very important part of it. It's actually the symbolic part of everything that's been done. We're going to anoint them with oil and pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. So would you all come stand in front, please? Those who are elders and deacons here, would you now come around them as we fulfill the obligation to ordinate? The obligation has been fulfilled. 
Now the commencement is upon you to do the work of a deacon, to serve, to love the people of God, to teach them those deep truths that you've learned. And if you ever feel weak or you feel like you're alone, just look around. These are other elders and deacons with you right now. You are a band of brothers and sisters. You are soldiers. You are the 300. Amen. You are no longer just trying to figure life out. You have a foundation now. Mistakes may come. You may not know it all. I still don't know it all. But you know where to go, the one who knows it all, Jesus. Those tools have been given to you to continue to farm your heart, to produce good fruit. And don't get weary in well-doing. Be patient when you don't know something or you don't hear the voice of God clear. He will come through. The things that you have learned will not fail you. 23 years I've been serving God. Those principles you have learned will not fail you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, it's now my honor to lay hands upon them and anoint them with oil as the body comes around and prays for them even now in Jesus' name. May the Holy Spirit continue to fill you and abide upon you, brother, and may you be used in a mighty way for the Lord. May the gift of music continue to flow from your life. May you do things not for uh, dishonest gain or out of selfish ambition, but may what you do come from the heart of God and the heart of worship. May God continue to bless your business. May you have a good reputation with outsiders. May you be favored in all that you do. May your marriage be strong and your children know the Lord. May your house be managed well. May God bless, it all, bless all that you put your hands to do. In Jesus' name, Lord, we bless Desi today, and we pray that she will have the strength of a thousand men, O oh God, to fight all the attacks that come against her, to stand strong, God, to continue to be a godly wife, to raise up her children in the way of the Lord, to sing unto you, Lord, to put you first in all that she does, to have a heart of faith, O oh God, to believe for the impossible. Lord, that she will see her dreams come true, the dreams that you placed in her heart from such an early age. Bless this family in the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless Calvin right now. We pray that he will continue to grow to be the man that you've purposed him to be. One day as a husband, a father, God, may he continue to work hard, have a good reputation with those he works with. The Lord may impact their lives. May he continue to share his faith with his family, be an instrument of blessing to them, encouragement. May he be a peacemaker and a peacekeeper, O Lord. Oh, God, continue to give him wisdom beyond his years, maturity beyond his years. May he put his hand to the plow and never look back, oh, God, and see fruit come inwardly and outwardly, fruit inwardly of his character and Christ-likeness and outwardly in all that he puts his hand to do, God, with his family upon his job in his community. In the name of Jesus, we bless them now and send them forth as deacons in the house of God, a tradition that spans 2,000 years since the time of Christ. May these deacons honor you and live for you. 100% sold out. In Jesus' name, and everyone who believed it said amen. Amen. Let's give it up for Jesus today. Amen. I now present to you three new deacons. Give it up for Desiree, Vicente, and Calvin. Amen and amen. Come up and shake their hands. Greet them, and then we'll have some of our prayer workers if you need prayer today. If you would like to join discipleship, you can join it with them now. They're disciple makers. Otherwise, you're dismissed. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for coming. Are you going to stay or are you going to go? I hope you come back because you're going to stay. <laughs>